What are you afraid of? Scared you go there and find out that he doesn't love you anymore, honey. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel. Not how you feel, but how you deal with what you feel that is real. You've got to relax, relate, and release into reality. What was that like, being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. I mean, if I have a problem, I usually just go to church, give me some Jesus, <laughs> and I'm cool. Welcome back to another episode of Black in Therapy, where we are discussing journeys, dismantling myths, and discovering our truths. I'm Sarah Ashley, and I'm here with my dope co-host. Yes, Donna here. Donna, 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 how are you feeling today? You know, I'm not feeling that bad. Okay. But... I want to tell you I'm feeling okay, but we know okay not a feeling, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about that later. We're going to get into that, right? We're going to get into okay. that. I, I'm not okay. I'm doing not too good, not too bad. Okay, okay. That's cool. Um, You're not going to ask me how I'm feeling? You're just going? Give me a second. I was trying to let the train pass. Okay. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, well, I'm doing good. I want to be doing good. Let me say that. Is mm -hmm. that, is that possible? I want to be doing good. Um, I'm, I, I'm being intentional every day with being good, if that makes sense, or attempting to be good. Um, so that's where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. You're trying. But, I'm but, trying. But, but where are you? Where am I? I am like, I feel um, anxious, like a little worried at this point. Uh, but I have hope, I guess, that makes that makes it better, I guess. That mm -hmm. makes me attempt to get to the good because I have hope. Right. That sound right? That's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm, that's how I'm processing it in my head. I am trying to apply my hope um, to the fact that I am wanting to be good. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It makes sense. You're, okay. you're trying to get there. I'm trying to get there, you're and I'm and I'm there. keeping hold of the hope that right. I have right. to, to you get there. Have faith every day. Right to get there. Um, it's been a heavy week in Philly, and we you know we had a plan. We had a plan for this episode, but I think that. It is more important for us to talk about what's going on in Philly right now and not ignore uh, the trauma, not ignore the pain, not ignore um, the anxiety that we may be feeling um, as as residents of Philadelphia. And we'll jump into that um, when we get to the truth part. One thing we did want to do this episode is that we did want to really introduce ourselves. I think that um, we have yet to tell y'all that we hold master's degrees in counseling that we are pre-licensed clinicians. Um, so when you hear us talk about therapy and black and therapy, um, what qualifies us, I guess, to talk about it. And, and this is a little bit of a truth is part right now, before we jump into, um, the journey part, but, uh, or I got a story to tell segment, but the, the truth is, I guess, is that we don't lead with education. We don't really lead with who we are in that area. And what we do, we don't show up as therapists we don't show up as as practicing therapists we, mm -hmm. we don't because we both and, have clients at this point that we right. see and we and we we it kind of reminded me of that last week when we when dr z was here i hope you all turned into uh tuned into that episode with dr z that was a really really dope um episode last week um 
but afterwards when she was introducing herself and you said well that's all you're going to say you know mm-hmm. obviously we call her dr z y'all know she a doctor but she never said i have my doctorate in this mm-hmm. um or i have these degrees or these qualifications right she never said that she mm-hmm. showed up with with her um her business what she does but she never said what qualifies her mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of times we don't show up as I have a master's in counseling, I have a bachelor's in this, I have these qualifications, I'm a pre-licensed therapist, um, I'm a practicing therapist, I serve this type of community, mm-hmm. um, but we want to let y'all know, we do, we do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I, and it's not that, you know, we're ashamed or anything, it's just that, you know, we just don't leave with that, I guess, it's just like, I show up as Sarah Ashley, Donna shows up at Don, as Donna, and, and I think that we just move that way, I think... I think it's a piece of, um, I don't even want to necessarily say humbleness, but just like, yo, we you don't got to say all that. Like, right. <laughs> you don't got to, you know what I mean? Like, and that's how, even when people introduce me, it's just like, like, oh my God. Like, you ain't, you don't got to say all that. You don't got to say I'm a preacher. You don't got to say I'm this. You don't got to say I'm that. Like, so I think that just wanting to show up as our authentic selves kind of mm-hmm. right. makes us forget almost. Like, it doesn't right. even come to our mind that we have to say we have master's degrees. Because it's like, yeah, we do. Like, we, that was a hard, and it was a hard road right. to get to the master's degree. And mm-hmm. That's a part of our journey. And, that's, that we and we're going to talk today. about that too, right? Um, but it is what it is. So we just wanted to tell y'all that, you know, what qualifies us to kind of be the host of Black in Therapy, if if it matters to y'all anyway. But, you know, <laughs> just to throw it out there. But, sis, let's jump into our first segment. Um, I got a story to tell. What's your story, sis? Let's talk about 2020. What what has been your 20... When we think about... We're in November. November 1st? November 1st is my favorite month. Yes, mm-hmm. Donna has a birthday coming up, y'all. So we're going to celebrate her on one of these episodes. Um, yeah. But when we think about 2020, what's your journey? What has your 2020 journey been? You know, I think it's definitely hard to think about 2020 as a whole. At least for me it is. Because a lot of times I take it kind of quarter by quarter or step by step because the first part of 2020 was was good to me I was excited um I had a lot of plans for 2020 um and I generally like even years I don't know I feel like 2008 was my first even year when Obama won the um won the presidency and I loved 2008 ever since then I loved even years um I really like I had a lot of hope for 2020 but 2020 really was was a struggle and a blessing and i have to always look at the good because we know that we're in a pandemic we know that we're going through so many um racial injustices that we've been going through for a long time but it's now has been brought to the forefront we know that we've gone through a lot with you know election and presidency and just the world that we live in today whether you live in the united states or if you live overseas it doesn't matter Um, So my journey through 2020 um, had a lot of wins, a lot of losses. Um, We we graduated this year. Graduation was nothing like we planned. We mourned that. I feel like we mourned that. We mourned a lot of losses for the pandemic. So I had a lot of losses. I felt like I I had a plan for my life, for my career, what I thought I was going to do after graduation. And, And it never, it never, you know, happened. A lot of things just didn't happen. I'm nowhere near what I thought that I wanted to be at this point, right? But in that, I've had so many wins. 
you know, I've had so many wins and you always have to look at the good. Even if the bad always the good, I've won in so many ways. I think that um, I've gained so much uh, wisdom and knowledge and, and dealing, being a therapist in this pandemic, in this crisis, in this racial injustice, I feel like I've gained so much. And you know, 2020 told us to sit down. I think it's a commercial going around. Like 2020 told us to sit down. <laughs> Right? And we had to deal... I mean, we've been dealing with it because we therapists, so we know. We process our emotion. We're aware. We know how to do things um, when it comes to mental health. But I think that mental health has been brought to the forefront. And that is a huge win for me. Again, I always say in every episode, I'm like, am I surrounded by therapists? Or is everybody so much more aware of their feelings, their emotions, their mental health? Is everyone seeking out therapists? Everyone seeking out um, some type of self-care whether it's their children, their families. I think that that is the biggest win for me this year because I'm so passionate about therapy and black in therapy. So that has been a huge win for me. Personally, y'all know I don't really do like personal stuff, but personally, you know, I got a birthday coming up. I'm excited <laughs> about this month. Um, but but this this journey has been, has been a lot, especially dealing with right now the injustices um, the racial injustices that we're dealing with and being in Philadelphia and, and seeing the looting and seeing the rioting um, and, and having to take a stance and, and process those feelings. Um, it's a win. It's a win for me to have to deal with that because I think we have to deal with it. And I think that we don't and we haven't for so long. So it's hard for me to to find what 2020 was for me, but it was a lot. I'm mm -hmm. sure it was a lot for you too, right, sis? Yeah, I mean... And you made some really good points about wins and losses. I think for me, um, and even prior to 2020, right, when you think about November of 2019, so a year ago, um, when Tatiana Jefferson was murdered in her in her home and she was playing video games with her nephew, I think that's when it started for me. I think that um, hearing that story and understanding that I played video games with my nephew, mm -hmm. you know, who at the time was eight years old, you know, it it, it, it struck a chord with me. And I think that day we watched that video um, by Kimberly Crenshaw in Dr. Wiley's class, the trauma class. Mm -hmm. Were you, were you was, there that, day, um, that night? I was. I All was right. in class. It was um, about intersectionality. The, the intersectionality by Kimberly Crenshaw. And when I realized that, like, and that's why I say that grad school really was a, a blessing, right? Because you realize things that you never probably even paid attention to and that we kind of fed into um, mm -hmm. that, that stigma, I guess. Like, And what she said in that video is that a lot of times, because what happened in the video, y'all, was that... Um, there she she named all these black men who had been murdered by police officers. Mm -hmm. But then when she started to name the black women, nobody really knew who they were. And so she explained it as that there was no frame for us to put black women who were murdered by police officers, right? There's no frame to put them in, so we don't acknowledge them. News stories don't lead with them, and people don't know about them because there's no frame to actually put them in. We can put a Walter Wallace in a frame. We can put a George Floyd in a, flame, in a frame, but we can't frame a Breonna Taylor. We can't frame a Tatiana Jefferson, right? Um, and so... And so... Um, Donna is, like, trying not to... Whatever, I don't know right now. Breathe. But um, when we think about that, how there's no frame for that and how we kind of fed into that um, that theory or that stigma, um, that kind of started to challenge me, right? So I started to be challenged in November of 2019 with how we look at things in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then once, you know, 2020 hits and down this point, like I can remember Christmas 2019 being at Sydney and Dwight's house for their, uh, my sister and my brother-in-law, for their um, Christmas shindig that they have every year. Mm -hmm. And we had high hopes. Like, we had high yeah. hopes for we 2020, man. Nothing. 
we knew we were graduating. Shay, his sister, Dwight, my brother-in-law's sister, was gra is graduated also in 2020. So you can't really tell us nothing about 2020. We were on a high. We were looking forward to 2020. We were going to pop champagne from January 1st to <laughs> December 31st. Like, you, you were not able to tell us anything. We were on a high. Um, and even January, February, we were still, like, mm -hmm. you know, to Donna's point, like, looking forward to things. And then COVID hit. And I think the hardest thing about COVID hitting is that there was no transition in COVID. It was like one minute we're out, one minute we're in class together. And one thing about our cohort, y'all, is that we we are so tight. Like we just hung out the other night, mm -hmm. um, and so we had a we had fun in class. We learned from each other. We needed each other. I think right. Yes. And to have that snatched from us um, very quickly, it was like yes. one Tuesday night we were in school, and then Saturday next Saturday we had no school. Like it was virtual. Right. It went virtual, and so. Um, there was no transition in it. And I think that, that kind of affected us. Like we went from a routine that we were used to and comfortable with, just not even school wise, but just in general in life. Like we could go to the supermarket, we could do all these things. We can go out and have fun to it not being anything. Um, and I understand that was to keep us safe and nobody is angry about that. Like, I'm glad that they, you know, I'm not glad the way they handled it because they could have right. started <laughs> way sooner, but you know, the way they handled it was, was, was fine to keep everybody safe. Um, but then as we transitioned and graduation came and things that we were just looking for, forward to that didn't happen um, was kind of like a, 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 a gut punch, I guess. When we think about um, honors, right, our honors ceremony that we didn't get to go to. And we worked hard. I'm not going to say that, you know, we did our best all the time, but we worked hard to maintain the grade point average that we had and to not be able to celebrate that, right, was difficult. Um, graduation was difficult. Even though we, we reframed graduation and made it a celebration, um, we still didn't get to walk down the aisle. We didn't get to walk down that, that path that Congressman Lewis took, right? That, you know what I mean? That, that just the tradition of it. We didn't get, and especially going to a HBCU, there's a tradition with graduation that happens that we didn't get to um, engage in. So that was a loss, right? But then when you factor in, and this is not to say that your loss is your loss. Can I just say that? Like, and you not, you don't have to qualify your loss against anybody else's loss, right? Mm -hmm. Apples, it's apples and oranges. Like, your loss is your loss. Um, and when we think about people who have lost loved ones, like, that was a whole nother thing. Like, we had to watch people mourn. Like, I didn't lose any family members personally. But I had to watch people mourn their family members who, who died from COVID. You know what I mean? Right. So that was tough, too. So I think all of that was tough. Even church. Like, you know, we go from having a full congregation to only being 10 of us in the sanctuary. Like, that's right. an adjustment. Um, how do you now preach or talk to or engage with people through Facebook Live or, or live streaming? So, you know, a lot of adjustments had to take place in 2020. Um, but to Donna's point... Wins and losses, like wins and losses, like what did we gain from this? What did we learn from this? We learned that we can adjust. We learned that life can um, turn upside down and we can still make it, right? We can still be cool. Uh, we learned that virtual therapy is a thing and it's and it's doable, right? And, it, and we kind of had to reframe a lot of things in our lives, but we did it and it was, and it, we're, we're okay, right? I think now um, with even COVID, like, striking my family it's kind of like puts a different perspective on it like I'm I'm just happy for days now like I'm happy that you know I'm grateful like that it happened when it did it could have happened in the beginning of COVID when there was no cure not, not that it's a cure but when there was no like treatment for it and people were dying left and right um so I'm just grateful I guess for the 2020 journey in a whole if I can look back on I can say I'm grateful it's November and we're still here right. like no matter what we went through we're still here right and we're better kind of 
than we were in 2019. Like we we know more to your point. We right. we have wisdom. We we're we're able to adjust more. We're able to like kind of go with the flow. Right. We gained so much. Right. Just think of how much we gained from COVID. Right. Right. How much? How many things we looked up, mm -hmm. we researched? How many things we realized weren't important mm -hmm. that we thought was you know so important. important? Like family is important, right? right. Family is important. Togetherness is important. We thought that you know we thought graduation was important, but it's like no, that's how my family that day was more important. Like the fact that we pulled up on each other and just socially distanced and had fun like mm -hmm. and so we had a graduation that day you can't tell us <laughs> you can't tell us that we did not graduate on may 3rd right we had a graduation um but what's important like what's really important mm -hmm. i think 2020 taught us that like this stuff this material stuff is cool but what's important like mm -hmm. the family togetherness learning to me is important like helping people right. and even in even in a covid era in philly like still helping people how can we help people right we help so many people yeah how we can help we help a people? Lot of people, people even with the voting like right. if i can bring this to you then i'm gonna do whatever i gotta do to bring it to you and even with the wins like yeah like you know my company got some wins like mm -hmm. we got some major wins in this like so you know i i can't complain about 2020 if that if that makes sense i can't complain about 2020 2020 had its, had its ups and downs and its ebbs and flows, but grateful that in November 1st, 2020, we're still here. We launched a podcast in yes, 2020. We like, yes, we and we have been talking about this for a long time. Way too long. You know what I mean? So it's like 2020 was good to us. It gave us mm -hmm. time. It gave us time to figure out the podcast structure. It gave right. us time to, to, to kind of um, cast our vision. And I think that's something that people miss too. Like, or not even they miss it, is that they don't frame it right. So you're looking at 2020, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. But what can I do right. in 2020? What, do? what can I do right. and what did I do? Mm -hmm. And people don't, a lot of people don't take journaling or writing stuff down seriously. Mm -hmm. But write it down, look at it so you can see right. what it was that you did. Maybe, and, and I've always done this because I'm a writer. I write stuff down. I'm a note taker. I'm a person that need to reference and, and remember stuff. So I'm always looking at what I've accomplished in that year. Always. Or in that quarter. Mm -hmm. What what good happened? Um, and I challenge you guys listening to, to write these things down. Right? Yes, 2020. We know all of the losses that we've had in 2020. And some some more than others. Mm -hmm. Right? We've had losses. Everyone has had some type of loss in 2020. Whether you lost a graduation, a family member, a friend, a birthday. People lost trips and money. People losing jobs and houses. Mm -hmm. People are losing lives. Right? We, we have lost a lot. But don't forget about your wins. You have to remember those things because it's this is this is life we live mm -hmm. we, have to, we have to keep moving forward right mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter how small the one is because the one doesn't have to be something great right? but it's it's dope to celebrate the small like small when you win. when you when you reframe it and restructure it in your mind that every small thing is a win like you you will have so much joy like that's how we channel in our joy like yo celebrate the wins i don't donna i don't care if two people listen to our podcast that's a win. Yes. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to, you know, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate every <laughs> You know what I mean? Okay? Every A on every paper. We celebrating. Okay. Like, and people always like, why you post so much? Because I'm celebrating my wins. You don't have to celebrate me. You don't have to agree or appreciate the things I appreciate in life. But I'm going to celebrate my wins. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to celebrate other people's wins. Like, right. And that brings joy, too. Um, I, I call her my big sis. Cherry Greg was on CNN yesterday. I'm going to post you and celebrate you because right. that's a win. Right. You know what I mean? Anything you do down it to me, when you got your truck, that was something we talked about. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a win. Like, my sis wanted this truck, and she got it. Right. You know what I mean? So, and I think that when we find, when we get to the place where we can celebrate other people and ourselves, no matter how big or how small the win is, and even if we can celebrate the losses, can we challenge that that perspective? Because, and I guess Jay-Z said it, or somebody probably said it, but for him, that, you know, every loss, there's a lesson in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, what did we what did we learn? What did we learn when, when school ended on a Tuesday, we didn't go there on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Cherish every moment. Right. So anytime we get the link up, whether it's at Sam Pan, Franklin's, or wherever, in somebody's yard, right. we go and link because that taught us that just that fast, it can be taken away from us. Right. And so every chance we get, we ought to celebrate. Yes, absolutely. So that is definitely something that I hope that you guys um, are doing. Mm-hmm. Celebrating, celebrating these wins, celebrating the small wins, appreciating everybody. Mm-hmm. appreciating the, the little things we have to appreciate life mm-hmm. because god gave us his life to appreciate it right mm-hmm. and to live and to not be stuck in what we can't control makes sense like because sometimes we can get stuck in what we can't control and then get stuck right. and just be stuck and not ever advance or move forward and make progress because we're stuck in the things that we can't control and we let that um kind of you know take our minds to a place where we just want to just not be we don't want to do anything if that makes sense so mm-hmm. so that's our 2020 journeys i don't know Woo. that was a lot yeah. i feel like we were talking forever but 2020 taught us some things mm-hmm. we didn't even touch on the whole george floyd and none of that like the craziness of that whole traumatic experience i think that literally can be uh th- that can go that can go on and on and on you mm-hmm. know how much those things mean to us and we, we can go on and on and on about that. There mm-hmm. might be a whole nother, another episode. episode in itself because it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But that's a that's a part of twenty twenty though, because we had to live through that. Like we in addition to COVID, in addition to the adjustments, now it's like the civil unrest and, mm-hmm. and how do we navigate someone, right, right. watching this being black. It's something that you can just watch. Mm-hmm. You can watch a black man, a black woman, black people be mm-hmm. killed. Over and over again. Over, you can just watch it. Mm-hmm. Turn on your TV, open up your social media, and that that's hard. That's mm-hmm. something that, that we had to deal with in 2020. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and bringing everything to the forefront. But at, while that is a loss, right, I also count that as a win because we have the we have the advancement to see these things mm-hmm. and to know that these things were happening. For, these things been happening, mm-hmm. right? But I think, and I used to think this when I was really... Um, into like criminal justice not that I'm not but I'm um I still am but back when I first went to school for criminal justice and then people would see stuff and be like oh my gosh I can't believe this happened I'm like this may happen for a year mm-hmm. like you know learning things I'm like this has always been happening it's just that now we have things that um advancements that's teaching you about it that's showing you that's it's so accessible to see mm-hmm. it. people taking out video cameras cell phones people you know have the ability to see these things firsthand, but they've been happening. Mm-hmm. We know we know what's been happening. Can you imagine if they had cameras and cell phone videos? You know, a hundred years ago, they've been doing this to us. Mm-hmm. But again, thankful for the advancement because now we can see it and now we can attack it more. Right, and 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 adjust ourselves to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and and educate ourselves more to it. So, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our don't believe the hype segment, but we just wanted to share what 2020 has been to us so far. 
um, the highs and the lows and the goods and the good and the bad, but just understanding it to sum it all up, we're grateful. Um, I'm grateful that we even experienced history. Like we lived through a historic moment. Right. Um, when we we'll be able to tell our kids and our grandkids, well, your son is here, <laughs> but my um, you know, my kids, they you know what what 2020 was, and what what we learned from 2020. Right. Um, and my you know people always say like I'm I can't wait to 2021. Oh, I almost cursed. We, <laughs> we, you know, we felt that way about 2020. So I'm not even about to say, like, I can't wait for 2021. Because I'm like, well, it is what it is. Like, it's right. going to come. But 2020 not, 2021 not going to come. And it's going to be like, boom, 2020. Yeah. Oh, like, everything in 2020 happened is over. It's right. Like, ah, that's going to go. So it's like, okay, like, 2021, bring it on, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't right. know what other way to look at it. Like, it's going to come regardless. Do I have the same energy I had in 2019, November, December? No, not at all. No, definitely not. We were on a high. Um, and are you afraid to feel a high again though, Donna? You know, not really because I'm generally a person who likes new beginnings. Like it's November 1st today, it's Sunday. I love mm -hmm. the beginning of the week, starting new goals. I'm that person mm -hmm. that, that loves, you know, making goals for the new year, for the new month, new week. So I, I still feel like, you know, I'm still looking for, and, and now we know better. Like we're prepared. Mm -hmm. So we know that things can get worse, mm -hmm. right? We know that things can get better. We know that we live in this world where, you know, we can have a pandemic for however long. So I think we're a little bit more prepared mm -hmm. so we can still make the adjustments and still have something to look forward to, right? Okay. Right? We still have something to look forward yeah. to, right? We'll be looking forward to being, you know, taking our uh, license, license yeah. in 2021. Right. right? We still have some things to look we, forward we to. We do have things to look forward to. And, and just life in general, like life in general, like. Because, again, you don't know what a day is going to bring. So, life in general is something to look forward to. To be honest, like, I I, I don't want to say I struggle, but there's some kind of apprehension with, like, getting excited sometimes. Because it's like, when you were on the mountaintop of excitement, it's like that joint got cut right down and you were in the valley real quick. Real, like, real quick. Real quick, you were in the valley. Um, so, there's some apprehension of... um getting excited or having expectation but but I still believe if that makes mm -hmm. sense like in the same token I know that I still believe so anything else you want to share I, we've been I talking for a long time I'm looking at this time we've been oh, talking Lord. for 25 minutes so far Dang, let's, let's move along let's move along to the um don't believe the hype segment so we're going to transition into our don't believe the hype don't 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 believe the hype Donna, we, we talked about what we wanted to talk about today for Don't Believe the Hype. Um, and you came up with a better tagline for it than I had. So share what you came up with. Um, so what we were talking about were, was the hype of feeling like or or not not feeling like you're okay, right? But saying, but saying it's okay not to be okay, right? I think, right. And, and I think this again. It's so so saying that not being okay, not feeling like you're okay, but the words that come out of your mouth when somebody asks you how you're feeling is, okay. "I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm okay." Mm -hmm. Like so, let's we want to we want to talk about that. Like right. it's okay, right? It's okay, but in that sense. What I say, I don't say it's okay not to not to feel okay or not to be okay. I normally say feel your feelings, mm -hmm. right? And 
it seems like you can't use feel and feelings in the same. No, you can't. Feel your feelings. Feel them. Mm-hmm. Feel your anger. Feel your sadness. Feel your anxiousness. If you feel like you don't know, you know, you may not understand your feelings. That's fine too. But feel them. Because if you don't feel your feelings, we all know that, that that's that's not going to, it's going to get built up, right? But my, my saying to that is feel your feelings, right? Feel mm-hmm. them. Whatever it is, don't try to be okay. Don't, because sometimes we do try to be okay when we're not feeling okay, or when we're when we're not processing our feelings, and then we try to, you know, pr- put in some self care, which everybody's. It's okay to do those things at some point, but don't just try to escape it, mm-hmm. right? You can't escape it because what is going to happen is going to be a buildup. We know what happens when anything is built is built up, right? Mm-hmm. There's always explode. an explosion. Mm-hmm. It's always an explosion. No or you what. overflow, right? When you think right. about the water, you keep putting water in a water bottle. What happens when the water gets to the top of the bottle? Right. It runs over. And then it's a disaster, mm-hmm. right? And then, then there's a cleanup that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, you already didn't feel your feelings and didn't deal with this. Now you're bottled up. And then you overflow, and then you gotta clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole nother and, and that mess can can hurt feelings. That mess can hurt yourself. That mm-hmm. mess can um, mess up relationships and everything else. So like, feel to your point, feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had a story. I um I reached out to one of my mentors the other day, and I asked him how he was feeling, and he texted me back. He said, "I'm okay," and I said in my mm-hmm. best therapist voice, "Okay is not a feeling." It sure ain't. Uh, I need some more detail, right? Because, and that's important too, that we check in on people. Like, mm-hmm. that we just don't go through the day and not worry or check in. Not even so much worry, but like, make sure people are okay. Right. Um, and so, his next message back to me was, I feel this, and I feel that, and I feel this. And so, then I was able to triage or help him with what he was feeling, right, in the moment. So, um, to your point, Donna, like, feel how you feel Mm -hmm. and I think for so many people it's easier to say I'm okay than to say how you feel yes and I think that from at least I know for me when people ask me how I'm I'm chilling like I'll I'll say this sometimes like and I guess in my mind the therapist in me be like I can handle my own emotions like I don't need anybody to triage or help me through this Mm -hmm. um sometimes I feel like but sometimes I'll vent and let y'all know right um but I feel like it's easier for you to say I'm okay than to deal with your feelings because you don't know either what will happen next or you don't want to put the burden on other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we weren't taught to deal with how we feel mm-hmm. or to express how we feel mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we're therapists, so we may know how to, you know, talk to people or bring out people. But a lot of times, you know, from, from years and centuries and our parents, like maybe some people don't know mm-hmm. how to actually express how how they feel. And they also don't get the response that they want because I'm good for shutting down mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't respond to how I'm feeling. If I feel like I feel a way and I express that and I don't get the response, it's like, you know what? I should have never said I should never said nothing. Right, so, right, right. So I think we're we're afraid to put that put that information out there to express those things. But we have to because we have to get it out. Mm-hmm. It can't stay. It can't mm-hmm. stay inside. So so we have to kind of like break through that fear. We have to break through that fear. And it doesn't matter how you break through through that fear. It doesn't matter if you have a person you're talking to, if you have a therapist that you're talking to. It doesn't matter um, if you're journaling. However, I was about to say, you know, start, some people need to just start with journaling because mm-hmm. there may be trust issues. We get that. Like, and everybody doesn't have, you know, somebody they can 
have a trustworthy conversation with. Right. So maybe it starts with journaling and like actually just getting it out of your body, out of your mind, out of your feelings on some paper. Mm-hmm. Because when we start writing, then we can start expressing, right? And being right. detailed with how we feel. So we even when somebody asks you, because then people might say, okay, and not understand their feelings. Mm-hmm. So like, they're like, I'm okay. But they know they feel something, but they can't pinpoint what it is that they feel. Right. So I feel a type of way, but I don't know what I'm feeling. So I'll just say, I'm okay. Right. Versus right. trying to process or figure out what it is that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that people think that's a big, long project. But even last week in our episode, we were able to process it within a minute. Right. Literally right. one minute, we were able to mm-hmm. process with Dr. Z the root of what we were feeling and mm-hmm. why we did what we did. Right. Because um, what you said last week, therapy does not have to be complicated. Because your whole your whole thing is simple, right? Mm-hmm. You, you simple. Love simple. Simple minds. Simple. Simple. It, and, I, and I want, I intentionally do that because I think that we think therapy is such a complex process or it's this magnified mm-hmm. thing or this big production that happens and therapy is not that. Like, Literally, therapy is my client FaceTiming me and we having a conversation for an hour. Right. And me not giving advice, but me helping my clients see on their own or come to a conclusion or a root of something on their own just by asking questions and just mm-hmm. talking. And it's not that simple. Right. But it's but that's how on it our starts. end. Yeah. That's how it starts. That's how it starts on our end. With talk therapy, that's right. how it starts. It's, I mean... Obviously, there's techniques and tools and everything right. else Very we incorporate. You get into addiction and right. stuff like that. Obviously, therapy can be complex. But when we're talking about things that we're dealing with every day, it's simple. Mm-hmm. Reach out to a therapist. It's simple. It's it's not as complex as people people think it is or right. as scary as people think it is. It's really not. Um, so I think that that was a point that you made last week but didn't make it to a T. Okay. It is simple. It's simple. Start. Right. Start and start where you are. So, um, and even thinking about it again, like, and even like me and Donna, like before we even started this podcast today, I think we just processed with each other real quick. And right. I was like, dang, we just processed that like, out. You know, well, let's turn this on real quick. Yeah, like we should have just started recording. Like, um, but processing is really simply like this. Like, so say for example, we watched Walter Wallace. I think I texted you first and a couple of my other friends um, when I first saw it. I'm like, yo, the cops shot somebody West Philly. They he killed them. Um, and my initial text to you was like, yo, I just watched this video and didn't feel anything, right? Because it's been so normalized. But then I sat with it for a second. I'm like, well, how am I feeling about this? And I watched it again. And from a therapist's perspective, right? People have different perspectives after they watch the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a therapist and a mental health advocate, I'm not a police officer. I'm not anybody else, right? I can only wear my therapist's mental health advocate hat when I watch this video. Um, in black, I'm black. I can't change that identity. I'm a mm-hmm. black woman who happens to be a therapist and a mental health advocate. Um, and as I watched the video, I got sad, I got angry, and then I had to ask myself why. So identify my feelings. That's the first thing, right? What are you feeling, Ashley? Sarah Ashley, what are you feeling? I'm feeling angry and I'm feeling sad. First two feelings. What did you feel when you watched the video? So, I didn't watch the video. When, when you told me you saw it, I hadn't seen it. Okay. Um, but when I finally did, I felt shocked. Mm-hmm. I felt shocked because... Hold up. Don't go, don't go to the because. because. But, okay, so I felt shocked. And I felt... Initially, it was just, like, shocked. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I had to watch it a couple times. So mm-hmm. I only felt shocked at first. I mm-hmm. wasn't angry. I wasn't sad. It was just, like, a, a shocking mm-hmm. feeling. So then, so Donna felt shocked. I felt sad. I felt angry. Then I had to identify why do you feel that way, right? So what is the feeling? The feeling is shock. The feeling is sadness. The feeling is anger. So then why do you feel that way, right? And I had to ask myself, why do you feel the way you feel? And I felt angry because I watched people, and I'm, and I'm, don't get me wrong, y'all, I'm thankful for the recording, but I watched people be more concerned with their vehicles than that man's life, right? I felt I, I felt like after he was shot and killed in the street, I saw a bunch of people come out. So I was angry then because where is the community at, right? Where's the community? And and I felt like there's a uh, in the the um, unofficial guide to Black mental health. She talks about what we're missing in 2020 as Black people is that community and that connection. Like slaves were connected. Like mm-hmm. civil rights movement, there was a connection that they had that you weren't going to go out like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we missed that right now, right? So I felt angry because nobody intervened and stepped up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's our brother, right? If that's our brother, then there should have been people standing up for him. So I felt angry because of that. I was sad because I realized that the cops weren't trained to 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 know what to do in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. So sad because when you, especially when you have the tools. So like literally, we're walking around with this book bag, Donna, of tools that we have, and it's like, yo. I feel sad because I, how can we get that to y'all? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I get the tools that are in my bag to you so that nobody else has to die like that? Right. And so that was a part of the sadness because it's like, yo, I could have hoped. And then maybe it was like, maybe some guilt in it maybe because it's like, yo, I could have hoped. Like, I could have took out a hammer or, you know what I mean, just to be, you know, not saying like that's what it is. But out of my tool bag, I could have gave you some tools to help you in that situation. So, right. Donna, tell me why you felt the way you felt. So initially, again, I felt shocked initially because mm-hmm. of, because of the video that I watched. Mm-hmm. But once the mental health aspect of it was introduced, because um, a lot of times I I I have to have the the mental capacity to be able to like look at something and understand. So mm-hmm. at first I just saw it because it was everywhere, mm-hmm. and I was shocked. Oh wow, I can't believe this happened. It took me a minute to actually look into it. Because I felt like I wasn't in a place to add that to my site. Like, I just wasn't in a place to, to look at it, to, to go into it, what happened. When I found out that it was a mental health aspect to it and that this man suffered from mental health struggles and had a diagnosis and was known in other, you know, neighborhoods. Like, he was known to have um, issues and struggles with mental health and needing assistance. I was so upset and sad and angry and, like... I couldn't even process my emotions. I felt so heavy. Like, for two, for two days straight, I felt so heavy. And I don't know... And I'm sure it was the mental health aspect of it. And I felt that way because I feel like we know about the struggles of me- mental health. We know these things. And I don't think that the, I don't think that the cops don't know. I don't think that people... Again, maybe, maybe they don't know. So maybe let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't know about the struggles of mental health. But you have to, when this when this person call about a mental health problem, where is crisis? Where are the people that are equipped to handle these things? And, and, it, and it also makes me sad because I feel like I know so many people, some so many dope therapists, right? So many people who they can help and assist and get training to help de-escalate these situations. Cops are supposed to de-escalate situations right 
yes, they are supposed to police, but they are they're supposed to be peacemakers. And I don't know if the definition of what policing is changed, but when I was in school for criminal justice, police were peacemakers. They were supposed to de-escalate situations. And that was the definition that I, I got on the very first day of Criminal Justice 101, that cops are to de-escalate situations. And we know that that ain't true. You know, we know that they, mm-hmm. you know, we're not even going to get into that. But we know that that's not always the case, and most times it's not. But you have to have de-escalation skills in that mental this is a mental, I think the mental health aspect of it really, 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 really made me feel so heavy. And I felt heavy because I felt like I expected so much more. I never felt like this could happen. I'm like, not in Philly. Mm-hmm. Not in, I don't know why you, it's like when people, when things happen to you, you're like, this could never happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't happen. Or this wouldn't happen on my block. Right, yeah. it wouldn't happen in my block. It, West Philly, mm-hmm. you know, it would not, like, no. Of course not. And because we've been dealing with so much with police, I felt like they should have been so much more prepared. Mm-hmm. They should have been so much more prepared. So I definitely felt so heavy because of the mental health aspect of it. That really, really, really made me feel heavy about it. And I don't know if it wasn't if it wasn't the mental health aspect of it, if I would have felt a little bit better. Possibly, mm-hmm. probably. But I think I'm. Because so that's our heart. That's our right, heart. Right, that's I'm what so we. That's what we do. Right. I felt so. I don't know. It was just a heavy feeling Mm -hmm. for two days straight. It was like, I felt like as much as I wanted to celebrate small wins, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't process anything else other than the feeling of heaviness Mm -hmm. that I felt. And so what do, what then do we do with those feelings, right? So we know what we're feeling. We know why we're feeling it. But then what do we do with, um, what we feel? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, um, I took some days off of work. Because I couldn't concentrate. Like, it was a lot going on um, this past week for me, personally. And even with Walter Wallace, that just added to it, right? Mm-hmm. So when I found myself not being able to focus on my notes or not wanting to engage with anybody, right? Like, I... And and, and I know that everybody might not have that privilege, but I feel like there are some days that we can say, like mental health days in, in, at jobs where, like, just for your own sake. Mm-hmm. And because... If you're not healthy, and we talked about this last week, if you're not showing up as your best self, then you're not going to be any good to anybody. Definitely. So I think what for me is that, and I took tomorrow off too. Like I, I already knew, like I don't want to do anything tomorrow. Like I don't want to, I don't, I don't have it in me yet. Um, election day is coming up. Like all these things are coming up and it's just like, you know, so what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was to take some time to step back and kind of attempt to regroup um, as much as I can. And so that's something that I did. So I recognized what I was feeling. Um, I figured out why I was feeling it and I did something with those feelings. Okay, you, I feel this way. I'm going to do this to take some time off. Um, and that might not be everybody's story, but you can find something to do with what you feel. Mm-hmm. Whether it's talking it out, whether it's going to seek a therapist, whether it's, to your point last week, getting running a bath, making some tea, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do. I think yesterday I intentionally... Wanted to be done all my ripping and running so that I can sit on the couch with a blanket and a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to finish watching Girlfriends, the season, like the series. And I did that. And I think being intentional with our time um, and what we do to help our emotions. Because there's, there's a thing called emotional health that we don't kind of, we kind of neglect. We kind of work, we kind of maintain our physical health, but we don't really deal with our emotional health. Mm-hmm. So I think um, to kind of triage or treat our emotional health, we have to be intentional with that. So what did you do to deal with your um, heaviness? Definitely. So um, to, to deal with it, I think I just started to have conversations because a, a lot of times I don't do that. Again, mm-hmm. I felt heavy and I didn't really have conversations. I didn't look up and read up on and watch the news. I didn't do any of that. I think I, I just took a step back 
which which was needed. So I took a step back from from looking into all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I told you today when we were starting, I'm like, you know, I took a step back from from being so updated on it because mm-hmm. I felt like I had to. Um, so that's what I did first. Um, and it's okay not to know everything that's going on at every moment because mm-hmm. it it just was something that I have to do for me. Right. right. Where, you know, somebody like maybe you, I feel like you know a lot. You generally know what's going on. Like, Well, that's because my other love is politics. Right. So, like, so I feel like, you know. You keep, you keep up with it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is too much for me. So, a lot of, so that's what I did. I definitely took a step back from that. But then I went into conversations with people, especially people who understand, um, and and can and can give me some type of feedback. Because sometimes you have conversations with people who you, you just kind of just talking. Mm-hmm. So I had conversations with you. I had conversations with other people, and to talk about how I was feeling and what I felt like I could do, right? Because I feel like I service people in a mental health setting. I feel like that's that's what I like to do. So I checked on, I checked on my clients, how they're feeling because they were, uh, they were affected by, um, the looting and the protests. Um, so I checked on people and, and that makes me feel good to make sure that my people are fine and my clients are, you know, processing their feelings. Um, so I did do that and that, that made me feel, feel good to, to make sure that other people were fine because at the time I wasn't. Um, but talking about it definitely was something for me, um, that helped. And, and it seems so simple, right? Because things can be simple. And honestly, I, I didn't take off of work. I didn't not talk to my client. You, you didn't want, you couldn't focus on anything. I'm calling my clients like, Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? Y'all okay? You know, one of my clients live on, live on the top of a pharmacy and y'all know, you know, they're looting, they're looting pharmacies. That's, they're going for the, for the narcotics. They're going for the drugs. So I, I I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to make sure that people were okay, and I felt good about making sure that my people were okay and that they um they were safe. Mm-hmm. So th- I did that, um, and then I just started having conversations about it. Um, after obviously taking a step back, um, but it also made me just think about the criminal justice system in Philadelphia, um, and and kind of integrating criminal justice and therapy together. And, and hoping giving you some ideas right right definitely and hoping and praying and wishing and and it made me put like think like where do i stand in this like how can i how can i be more of a resource to to people because of that criminal justice and that therapy uh therapy kind of combination and maybe you think about that too but like mm-hmm. the politics mm-hmm. and the whole um therapy you know right part of it too um so that's what i did okay it all makes sense like whatever whatever you have to do and i think giving y'all that example of like what processing is like just understanding what you feel then trying to take a step further and say why do I feel this way and then actually doing something with your feelings um is important instead of just saying it's easy to say I'm okay um the work comes in when you process it. and it just as quickly as me and Donna just processed it I think they might have took us 15 minutes sharing both of our maybe 10 sharing both of our um feelings and how we processed and what we did it's real simple so um please are like start applying it to y'all everyday lives like when things make you angry when things make you upset when things when you are confused about something like really sit and process it out like why what am I feeling why am I feeling that way? And what am I going to do about my feelings? Mm-hmm. Because then sometimes we go around people and we don't know what to do with our feelings and we kind of bleed on people. Mm-hmm. Instead of dealing with our own feelings, we bleed on them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not fair either. Right. Um, so just putting our emotional health first is 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 important. It's really important. You got anything else you want to share about that? No, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. 
for sure. I definitely think we covered a lot of bases with that. All right, bet. So let's move into our next segment, uh, and that is uh, Truth Is. So what's your truth today, Donna? When you think about everything that's going on, election week, they're releasing the video, the body cam footage of the police officers in the Walter Wallace Jr. case on Wednesday. Um, Election week, because it's not even going to be an election day because they have to count the ballots. So it's going to be like an election week. So what are your thoughts as we transition into this week? What's your truth as you move into this, this week that's coming? So, this week, I definitely feel kind of like with the wins and losses that we talked about, I feel like I feel two two different ways. Like, I feel um, hopeful, but I also feel anxious, right? And it's kind of like, well, fear and faith can't really exist. In the same, but I, right? no, I don't agree. I don't agree. Right. With that. I think everybody says that, but I don't. I don't agree, I don't agree with that. Like, as a therapist, as a therapist and a Christian, we know faith and fear have consumed the same space for me. Absolutely. And I, I think that we do people a disservice when we try to um, make religion something that takes away from how we feel. Mm-hmm. Like you can have faith and be scared. Like that's okay. Right. Like that's okay. Like Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. Like he prayed the night before. Like so don't make it seem like faith and fear cannot coexist. Because I think that's can. a disservice that we do to people. It, it definitely it definitely is because I feel that way right now. I mm-hmm. definitely fear have have a, have a little bit of it and I generally don't say like I feel fear. I feel like I normally say like I feel anxious, right? Mm-hmm. So I definitely have some anxiety and I definitely have some hope. But other people it probably translate as like faith and fear, right? Mm-hmm. But to me it, it translates as hope and anxiousness. And I do I feel that way. I feel that way because I'm anxious about the election. I'm anxious about the the world we live in, but I also feel like well, we lived in it. We've been living with this presidency. We've mm-hmm. been living in it. So it's like, all right, we're going to keep we going to keep moving on. We're going to keep doing the things that hopefully, you know, we can we we still have to live here, right? We can't pack up like we all want mm-hmm. to and, and just move somewhere else. So I feel um I feel that um that tug of war be- between anxiousness and hopefulness. I do. Um and and that's with the election. That's with you know the state of Philadelphia that we live in, seeing everything boarded up and seeing it being you know ha- us having a curfew. And um, I, I still feel and and a lot of my hope come from the fact that it's a new month. It's generally a month that I, I have um, I normally see family in, so I'm a little anxious about that because I normally see a lot of family this month. I'm normally um, my birthday is this month, so I normally love November. It's normally my favorite month of the year, um, and I still have a little bit of hope for that. But I do feel a lot of anxiousness, anxiousness just about about things coming out and, and what could happen and and how bad it could get. But I also think that maybe it could it could be some clarity for for some things. So I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of anxiousness, um, and, and that's just my truth. I have no idea what's to come, but I'm always going to be faithful, right? I'm always going to be hopeful. I'm always going to um, feel like there is something that once you go through the fire that there will be you know better times I'm always going to feel that way um and that's just me as a person so definitely anxiousness and hopelessness um anxiousness and hopefulness (laughs) okay (laughs) um 
So going into this week, right, I can remember the last election cycle for the um, general election for presidency um, and being hopeful, right? I, I, I felt like there was no way that Trump would win, right? Mm-hmm. Hillary had it in the bag for me. And I can remember working my overnight job at the time and me dozing off and seeing the seeing it that, that Trump had, you know, the upper hand, but just like believing that when I woke up, it was going to be a turnaround. And I woke up and Trump had won. And I remember feeling not afraid for myself, but afraid for other people who were disadvantaged, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that we don't have privilege because we're black, right? right? We get, we understand that there's no privilege for any black person in America. Um, but there are people who are at a greater disadvantage than I am. Um, and so I remember feeling a heaviness or a pain for them. Uh, fast forward now, and I've seen him working and trying to dismantle some of the things that were set in place for this disadvantaged people um so my heart is heavy going into this week because i don't know the outcome right i don't know the outcome i can have all the faith in the world and the faith in god but at the end of the day god's will we be done right Mm -hmm. and so um how do i feel going into this week is 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 kind of anxious to your point but kind of numb as well like or or i guess uh I don't know how to put this feeling word to this, but I kind of, it is what it is feeling to your point. Like if we survive these four years, then with, with our faith in God, with our, with our connection to each other, with whatever tools that we have, we can make it. I don't feel like, well, we won't make it if he wins. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel that heaviness again. Yes. Because God knows like the, with the judges that he's put in with the, you know what I mean? The things that he has done away with is like, Oh, like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have hope, right? I have some some form of hope in the bottom of my heart that is like, you're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And in the words of Kendrick Lamar, right? We're going to be all right. Um, I do have anxiousness and anxiety for the people who I know who are in leadership. Um, and just because I have relationships with them. So it's like, I am worried about what this week will unfold for them. Right. And I know heavy is the head that wears the crown. But when you know somebody personally, it's tough to see them go through things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you're in leadership. Yes, you do these things. But it's like, yo, I don't want the city to, you know, I don't want this to be that burden on you. I, right. I wish this wasn't happening for for not only for the sake of Walter Wallace's family, but like for the sake of all of us. Like right. this is traumatic. And, mm-hmm. and and I know things need to happen for change to occur. So let me not say that I wish it didn't happen. Things have to happen for change to occur. But it's just tough to see people go through it. Right. Um, so with the releasing of the tape, I don't know, Donna. I don't know if it's going to show us anything differently. I don't know if it's going to mm-hmm. cause an uproar and that people are going to start rioting and looting. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the peaceful protest. But, like, I don't I don't know what it's going to bring. So I'm kind of, I guess, walking into this, like, with a bird box mentality. Like, I can't, like, whatever. Like, right. I'm going to walk into it and we're going to survive. Like, we going, it's going to be what it's going to be and we're going to make it. Right. Um, so that's how I'm kind of looking at this week. That's my truth. I really don't, um, know for sure how I feel about it, but I, there's some anxiousness, there's some worry, there's some hope, there's some doubt, there's some just whatever, like we going, we going to be all right to it. So that's how I feel going into this week. That's my truth. Um, and next week we'll hopefully be able to tell y'all some good news, Hopefully, <laughs> some good news. Um, but we'll see it's in God's hands. So I'm not too worried about anything really so sis we have been talking for almost an hour we got one more segment to go 
And that is our come and talk to me section, um, segment. Come and talk to me segment where we kind of do a two minute session. So if you were on the couch with Donna or you were on the couch with myself, um, what would we share with you? And one thing that somebody reached out to me um, and asked me is that how do I navigate life right now? So Donna, in one minute, because I'm going to take the other minute. So in 60 seconds, how would you tell somebody, what would you tell somebody about navigating life right now? 60 seconds. All right. I got a minute, y'all. This is how <laughs> you navigate life in the time of trauma, in the time of crisis, in the time of uncertainty, anxiousness, hopelessness. Um, what I would do, and obviously every situation is different, I am going to tell you to fill your feelings, right? <laughs> we talked about that. You got to fill your feelings. You have to find a therapist. Episode two, we talked about finding a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Talk to a therapist. Talk to a professional, right? We have to still live in this world. So we have to figure out what's going on. But you have to also understand and, 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 and connect with people. Because a lot of people are going through things that we've never gone through before. So you have to have that eye on people. You have to check on people. You have to make sure that you're fine and that... You you feeling your feelings, and if you're not feeling your feelings, you're doing what you need for you. Um, everything is going to be different for every person. So navigating feelings is not a one-size-fits-all, right? So what we're telling you may or may not be... I'm sure you can take one thing, but it may not be everything, right? Mm-hmm. So feel your feelings. Go talk to a provider. Talk to your friends. Um, if you don't feel up to, to knowing what's going on, you don't have to know. But educate yourself. You have to educate yourself. You have to um, be prepared for what can happen, right? So we don't know what's going to happen this week, but we're prepared, mm-hmm. right? We're prepared because we know that it can be either or. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're we're looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so do those things. And, and I'm just going to say just those few things because there's a lot of ways that you can navigate through trauma and navigate through crisis. But honestly, I'm always going to tell people to seek professional help. I'm always going to tell people to talk about their feelings, to process their feelings. And I'm always going to tell people to do what they need in order to be able to to handle their everyday life, whatever their retreat is. Mm-hmm. Those are always going to be my recommendations. And I'm just going to add, because you did a really good job with explaining it, but the other thing I'll add is that to speak up, um, that you don't have to carry the weight by yourself. Like, literally speak up. Um, and not only that, Donna, you mentioned checking in on people, but checking on these kids, um, checking on these kids because they feel feelings too. They have fears. And I even think about the, the clip of Walter Wallace's son speaking, right? And so what we want to do is be aware of what we share around the kids, Mm -hmm. right? So, so if you have a thought, right? Just be mindful kind of to filter that when you are around children. Because what he said on the news was, I don't know if you watched that clip of his son. He said, a racist white cop killed my dad. So what we have to now understand is that at nine or eight, however old that little boy is, he now has that mentality. Mm-hmm. So when we are navigating traumatic situations, just be mindful of what we share around children. Um, because I'm telling you all from clients, from experience, one thing that a parent says can literally shape Mm-hmm. A, a a person's whole life. Right. Of, I mean, I've had clients share with me about things from when they were seven, what their mom said to them. And it's just like, right. but what their mom said to them at seven has literally shaped their entire lives. So in that instance, and I guess I'm a youth advocate as well, so I'm always going to speak up for the babies, but 
don't be afraid to speak up, you know, but then also just be mindful to filter what we are allowing our kids to see um, and what we're allowing them to listen to. Mm-hmm. And 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 make I want our kids to be aware because they live in this society. They live in Philly. They live in the United States. Um, but just be mindful, I guess, is is my advice when you are navigating trauma of any of any sort. Um, just be mindful of what they are exposed to and they, what they see while you're dealing with your own self. I think Donna really spoke to the adults, but I just wanted to throw that in there for the for the for children. children. Right, for sure. Right, definitely. And we work with you so much that. Um, I think it's kind of like a no-brainer for us, and I think sometimes we always think about ourselves and the adults because we deal with the kids, you know, all day, every day, and it's kind of like a no-brainer for us. But I definitely think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about the kids; they're our future. They're our right. future, and 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 what um, we don't want to do is have to repair broken men and women when we can build them up. Right. And I don't know if I was talking to you when I was saying um, the same way that. You know, maybe people who aren't black, maybe white kids um, don't know what racism is. It's kind of like, there's no excuse. I don't mm-hmm. care where you, li- wh- where you live or who your parents are. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, white kids should know what racism mm-hmm. is just the way that, that black kids need to be aware of, of the same thing mm-hmm. because they experience it. Right. Um, so it's kind of like, there's no excuse that your kids aren't aware, but you also don't want them to have a generalization mm-hmm. um, of things that may not necessarily, you know, every mm-hmm. white cop isn't racist, right? Right? Right. Obviously. Right. Um, some cops are good cops, mm-hmm. right? So we all, we don't want to generalize the things we tell our children. Right. And then they grow up. With that general, because they can't separate. Where in our adult minds, we can separate it. Right. We may have looked at that video and thought, mm, you know, I don't know if you thought it or not, but you know, maybe, you know, they could have an issue with black people. Right. Um, but again, I don't look at every white cop and think that I don't look at every, cause some black cops are just as bad. So it's like, you know, you know, you know, we can't, to your point, we can't generalize, um, things. We have to filter for our children. We have to filter. We have to filter. So we want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of black and therapy. This is episode four, episode four. We have some dope things coming up for y'all soon. And we just appreciate everybody listening, taking the time to listen to our episodes. We appreciate the feedback so much. Listen, y'all are texting us the feedback, right? But it would kind of help us a little bit more if y'all got on the actual podcast where where it's being streamed from. So Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else is being streamed on, Google Podcasts, and actually leave us a review and rate the podcast because we're trying to um, move in an upward direction. And um, we we just need y'all support. So thank y'all again, everybody who has been tuning in. Um, You know, we're doing our best. I think we're doing good. We're going to celebrate the wins. This is episode four. We have been been consistent, Donna. Even when, I guess... The enemy. Let's let's get churchy real quick. The enemy (laughs) would be like, no, y'all not going to do it this week. Um... You know, we just, we had to, we, it was important for us to stay consistent and give you all an episode tomorrow. So we're thankful. What's the feel good song of the day, sis? Ooh, child. Y'all know I struggle with feel good songs of the day. I feel like, I, you know what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to create. You're going to make a list? A all whole right. list of feel good songs of the day. Well, I, I think um, it's fitting. I think it's one. fitting. I see, I no, I don't have one. But as we did this whole episode, I think it's fitting that we, the feel good song of the day be what's going on by Marvin Gaye. I think oh, it speaks yes. um, prophetically. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout generations and I think that that would be a good as we enter election week mm-hmm. or two weeks whatever this is about to be um, and even with the civil unrest I think that that can kind of put us in a good place as we go into Monday you agree sure, or not because we don't have to play it all right yes. 
So I feel this song of the week is What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Y'all have a dope week on purpose. Process your feelings out. Um... And, and and try to do some things that keep you in a good, happy state. Celebrate those small wins this week, all right? Yes, for sure. And don't forget to feel your feelings. So thank y'all again. We appreciate you all. Have a good week, y'all. All right, y'all. Talk to me, you can't see what's going on.